listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Well, good almost afternoon. We'll call it afternoon. We're almost there. To all of you Crossum Wrestling Entertainment fans, and welcome to yet another episode, number 35, Mr. Cross. May Jeez. I add, Jeez. 35 episodes we have had. We couldn't have done it without the support of all of you lovely fans. Just remember that we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Twitch is the T-Bard 5195 channel, and YouTube is the Bard and Cross Entertainment channel. You can find us live on all three of those platforms, and you can also find your favorite podcast, where, or your favorite podcast, wherever it is you listen to your favorite podcast. So make sure you give all of our uh, stream locations a look, and we would love to see you live in the comments section. We'd also like to remind you that we are not a market substitute for AEW's Dynamite. Please make sure you go watch Dynamite Live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And especially this coming Wednesday, April 14th, because it is going to be the first night that AEW Dynamite is uncontested wrestling entertainment because NXT turned tail and ran to Tuesday night. So it is very exciting to see them getting their time in the sun, and hopefully they get something going. As always, I am your host, Tyler Bard. I am joined by my best friend, Noah Cross, the magician. And we've got some wrestling to talk about this afternoon. Mr. Cross, are you ready to roll? Absolutely. Let's get into it, man. I am very excited to talk about this episode. It was another one that kicked off with a bang, but they always do. We had Hangman Adam Page versus Max Caster. Hangman, however, was not amused by this matchup because Max Caster came out with his pre-match rap once again. Page would attack his opponent, stomping a mud hole into him in the corner. The fallaway slam would follow, as did a snap suplex as Page built an early momentum. That, honestly, is a trend for this episode, or for this uh, match. Hangman was not pleased with Max Caster. Caster would seize control, however, momentarily uh, off of a well-timed distraction by tag team partner Anthony Bowens, but Page dove over the top rope and wiped out the brash star to cut him off. Another distraction by Bowens benefited, uh, who benefited them who pulled Hangman into the ring post. Page again would shut Caster down, however, diving, in, diving him into the mat with a, or driving him into the mat, rather, with a spine buster and exploder suplex. Caster targeted the left shoulder of his opponent, which was damaged when Bowen sent him into the guardrail earlier in that match, but Page continually, continuously halted his flurry. Bowen's had at this was the most egregious cheating I've ever seen in a match, and it was hilarious that the referee didn't notice it until very late. Uh, Bowen slid Caster uh, his chain after having slid him a boombox that Somehow the referee didn't see until it was in uh, Caster's hand, so that was funny. Uh, but he did ultimately end up getting him his chain, and the heel would use it to flatten Page. However, our cowboy kicked out at two, much to the dismay of the opponent. Page recovered, wiped out Bones with a moonsault from the apron, and finished Caster with the buckshot lariat for the win. Noah. But, uh, that was insane. It was like being fired out of a cannon. They mm-hmm. literally started off so hot, and that was an amazing, amazing match to start it off. I, I didn't like the choppiness of the interference, 
Mm. Um, I feel like it wasn't coordinated to the effect that they wanted it to, but it was in my very good. Yeah, my my big thing with shows, and you know, you got to start hot, you got to end hot with wrestling, right? So yeah. start, and they, they started hot. They got game. everyone into it. They got everyone ready to go. They knew that these two guys were going to get into the ring and bounce around like crazy. So I, I'm as excited to see. Uh, you love seeing when they give these guys time to be able to wrestle. That's what you like the most. When they're like, all right, go out there and tear the house down. And that's what they did. They opened the show and they kicked it off amazingly. They did. Yes. And the, the acclaimed uh, were, were being little cheaters, Mr. Dave, but it didn't matter. They ended up losing anyways. Yes. Uh, because Hangman is just that good. Mm. Uh, and after that, Noah, there's a short segment where the best friends would interrupt the death drying. It looks like no one can actually cut a promo in AEW without being interrupted. Um, because they were going out to cut a promo with uh, Tony Schiavone introducing Death Triangle's pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is trust this match already happened, everyone. Don't worry. This is very old. Uh, this is where the rivalry actually began uh, between these guys. So this was an interesting rivalry to see reunite. Uh, but yeah, Tony Schiavone introduced Death Triangle's pack, Ray Phoenix, and Penta El Zero Miedo for an in ring promo. Before they could even say much, though, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, and Chris Statlander would interrupt. Cassidy aired video from last year reminding the heels of the repeated attacks on him before Trent warned them that the best friends are back in town and insinuating that they are going to be a problem for the death triangle and that they desire to have uh, and the desire they have to dominate the tag team division. Uh, Do we believe that the best friends are a team that can take it to the death triangle? Because the death triangle has been damn near unstoppable. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. you're shaking your head. Not a, not a chance, right? No, definitely not. I think that Death Triangle currently is the second best tag team in AEW. Um, they're the number one contenders for a reason. Oh, for sure. I, I, yeah, I'd say that Death Triangle are definitely the best tag team in AEW at the moment. Um, as much as I love Jurassic Express, they're just damn good. No, you know I wasn't even thinking they're the best. I was going to say the Young Bucks. Nah, they're, they're cool, but they, they're not They're not Marco Stunt and, like, you know, you know. Come on, come on. Right, right. And, you know, this this was a good little spot, uh, but it just basically, I think, is setting up for something to happen next week, which is a shame because I hope it doesn't go down the way I'm feeling it will. But we will talk about that spot later on in the night uh, because they would go on to talk about how Death Triangle is going to be having a championship match on next week's episode of Dynamite. Uh, mm-hmm. So, everyone... Make sure you tune in for that, because I bet you that's going to be an absolute banger of a match until, of course, someone comes in and interferes. Probably going to be the best friends. But, you know, who knows? It could be anyone. (laughs) Noah, would you like to take us through the Inner Circle's meeting of the minds? Absolutely. The Inner Circle Speaks is is what we've titled this one. Very exciting. I know, folks. Uh, I know. Well, hey, they're good at talking. (laughs) Well, you don't have Jericho, I mean. Uh, the Inner Circle yeah, right. returned to Dynamite, hitting the ring for a promo segment. Chris Jericho addressed MJF while Santana, Ortiz, Jake Hager, and Sammy Guevara stood imposingly behind him. Jericho criticized MJF's spray tanning and scarf wearing, telling him he has a clipboard backstage, and if he wants to keep stealing Le Champion's gimmick, he called the youngster a mark for himself and said he will never be better than him. Can I just yeah. say right there, oh, dear Lord, Dear Lord, that part of the promo wasn't, he could have stopped. 
He didn't have to go any further. He did the, the spray tan, Jericho. The scarf, Jericho. I got a clipboard if you want to have a list, brother. You are literally trying to be me. That was so good. He could have stopped, but he didn't. He didn't. He kept going. Uh, Jericho said Tully Blanchard is the third string horseman. FDR is totally interchangeable. We don't know their names, he said, as in uh, speaking to the two members of um, FTR saying you can't tell them apart or whatever else. Uh, and Sean Spears doesn't have the upside everyone seems to think he does. The former world champion wrapped up his scathing promo by challenging the pinnacle to a blood and guts match. So Jericho oh. fired some shots, everybody. Yeah, this is what we saw here. Uh, yeah, that this promo, and I, I forgot to include one, I apologize. When he was talking about Wardlow's intelligence, uh, he said Wardlow just to count to 21 has to take his underwear off. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that was a pretty good burn. Uh, but it was, this was one of Jericho's best promos. It might be one of my favorite promos of Jericho's of all time. Um, it, I, I would put it probably in top 10 promos of all time, just cause it felt not scripted. It felt like Jericho was actually pissed off. And he was just riffing and going mm. in on these guys. Mm. Uh, I would never put anything above Jay Lethal and Ric Flair. That's the best promo of all time. Uh, but this this has a special place in my heart because I think he absolutely, if he did pre-write it, it didn't look it. And no, there was a lot of passion yeah. in there. So I don't know. What do you, do you, how do you feel about the inner circle? Do you think they're ultimately going to be able to take the pinnacle down a peg? Or do you think the pinnacle is going to be the next big thing? I think the pinnacle is going to be the next big thing. I don't think the I inner do circle. Too. I don't think the inner circle is going to be able to keep the glue held held together, keep everything held together. You know, I think they're, it's they're like this new face faction. Yeah, and and I don't I don't see that working for them. They're supposed to be these you know assholes. As mm -hmm. literally, mm -hmm. they're they're what they do at the end of every segment is all hold up their middle finger, and exactly. and yet they're supposed to be the face. I don't know. I don't know. I just think the pinnacle is stronger. And they're going to have a better chance of uh, sticking together for the long term here. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I agree with you there. I don't think the inner circle is going to be able to hold things together. Yeah, no, me neither. And speaking of holding things together, dear Lord, uh, this is where it started to fall apart. So the opposite of holding things together. Mm -hmm. We had Jurassic Express versus Bear Country in the Godzilla versus Kong match. I am so sorry that I'm about to do this, but dear God, this was one of the worst matches I think they've had in a long time. And I think bear country just needs a little bit more time on maybe dark and developmental areas because we know that Jurassic express. Can go, but we'll see. We'll see. Let's talk about it for a little bit. Uh, Jurassic Express's Luchasaurus and jungle boy battled bear Country's bear Bronson and bear Boulder in a specially titled Godzilla versus Kong match. And boy, was it just as bad as the movie. Boulder and Bronson seized control of the match, heading into the break, cutting off an early flurry by the babyfaces. They dominated throughout the picture-in-picture -picture commercial, but Jungle Boy created separation and tagged Luchasaurus into the match. The big man exploded into the bout, working over his opponents and rocking Boulder with a headbutt. The heels recovered, set it, uh, set, setting Luchasaurus up on the top rope and delivered a suplex. The action broke down, and the Jurassic Express earned a near fall, only for Bronson to break up the pin. Moments later, the baby faces sent the massive boulder to the floor, and Luchasaurus put him away with a standing moonsault for the win. So that was just a basic synopsis of what happened in the match. But this match was all sorts of all over the place. Yeah. And it looked just like the match where they tagged together, 
where it was just ugly. There mm-hmm. was no coordination. It looked like two, it looked like a group of five guys who just had two left feet, and they just could not get it rolling or working. And I, I honestly feel bad for him because I like all five of the people involved in this match individually. But dear God, this one hurt. I, I think you would probably think the same, right? Oh, yeah. No, I agree. It was painful to watch. Um, I just... It's sad because I love Jurassic Express. So seeing them in a match that's not good, it's just kind of like, oh, what what happened? So, I know. Well, why? Why do you have to exactly. stop today? Exactly. <laughs> it definitely um, hurt. It was sad to see. And I mean, look at the title card they made for it. I was like, yeah, dear God, exactly. they were okay. expecting this to be a banger. And it was just. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. It, it, it was more cool. like chameleon versus, you know, spider monkey. It was no. Yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. It was definitely very disappointing. Precisely. Precisely. So, yeah, it was definitely disappointing. Uh, as I said, it was sucks to see Jurassic Express in that spot. So, hopefully, next time, we'll get to see them actually do what we know they can do. Um, but, so, it's kind yeah, of... let me just get some ads here, my friend, because I know we have a few people lined up here at Clovercrest who have some incredible shows, and I think all of you guys should check it out. So, give us one moment. We will be back See you on the other side of the ad break. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. I crossed up by Colby, roll float in Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I, I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. The Closing Time Podcast is back. Sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. I'm Joe McGuire. I'll have a brand new co-host, Sanam Salati, who's my broker, my mentor, and my good friend, and one of the most knowledgeable people in Connecticut in the entire real estate industry. We're going to be talking about the latest goings on. We'll keep you up to date on the market, and we're going to bring on some really great guests all throughout this season, people in all different fields in the industry, like accountants, home inspectors, mortgage reps, and so much more, just to give you a better understanding of the Connecticut real estate market. We're so excited for a brand new season of the Closing Time Podcast, part of the CMG Podcast Network. It's sponsored by Rocky Hill Accountants. Go see Heidi and Glenn Parchman to file your taxes for bookkeeping, business advice, real estate investments, or whatever your accounting needs are, including cryptocurrency. Just visit RockyHillAccountants.com. We'll see you all season long on the Closing Time Podcast. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Drew, he's just casually hitting him in. Here, Drew. <laughs> Another one coming in, guys. Oh, I missed it. Let's push it together, Drew. Here we go, guys. One coming in hot. Ah! No, you got that all yourself. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Defense. 16. Defense. Don't let up. Don't let up. No! Yeah. All right, guys. Four to once. Let's go. Get all four in. I'm trying. 
Okay, there's two more. <laughs> Can we get one, you guys? Uh. Come on, Drew, 20. Uh. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> They won 21 to 1. <laughs> oh man, you can find Dude. clips like that all over my Twitch channel. No, how do you like that one? <laughs> that, I don't understand how you hit hit it and it flies that fast. It just doesn't make sense. Listen, I play the game a lot and I just practice things until they work. And I just go at all these. There's all sorts of different glitches I found that when you when I stream this next, you're going to lose your mind. Okay. So be very excited because I found some new ways to not glitch the game, but, you know, creative use of game mechanics, you know? You let me know, sir. You let me know. <laughs> so, yes, you can catch me streaming on Twitch. I usually play Fall Guys or MLB, some Dead by Daylight. You'll see all sorts of fun personalities in there, like you saw talking throughout the Baseball with the Bard podcast earlier today at 11 o'clock. So if you guys are ever interested in joining in on the conversation, whether it be Baseball with the Bard or the Cross and Wrestling Entertainment, respectively, at 11 and 12 Eastern Standard Time, join us live on Twitch, Facebook, or, excuse me, YouTube on the Bard and Cross Entertainment page. And we also just would like to remind you all to remember that we are not a market substitute for AEW Dynamite. Make sure you tune into Dynamite Every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on the E on the ENT on the not the ENT the TNT network Eastern Standard Time eight o'clock. Please watch their content and then come talk about it with us. Let's move on to some championship wrestling, Mister Cross. We have mm. another match that man the internet blew up when they saw that this match was going to be happening. Darby Allen versus JD. Drake. Noah, you want to take it away? Absolutely. Uh, as we saw, the TNT Championship was on the line, folks, where Darby Allen uh, put his title up against J J.D. Drake. Darby Allen defended the TNT Championship, battling the largely unknown J.D. Drake, who was accompanied at ringside by the Hollywood hunk Ryan Nemeth and Cesar Bononi. Despite an early onslaught by the champion, Drake overpowered him and beat the smaller opponent down. He dominated the action throughout the commercial break and appeared to have him exactly where he wanted him when he scaled the ropes for the Moonsault Press. Allen moved out of the way, igniting a comeback that saw him deliver the Avalanche Code Red, followed quickly by the Coffin Drop for the win. After the match, the Hardy... A family office attacked from out of nowhere. The Butcher and the Blade threatened to put Alan through the announce table uh, at the urging of the Bunny, but Dark Order and Sting made the save. Tay Conti and the Bunny brawled to end the segment. Yeah, can Ooh. I say, when they jumped Darby Allen, he went flying. When they hit him, oh, dear Lord, he went flying across the stage. And uh, that segment with the Bunny and Tay Conti, which obviously was leading up to their match later in the night, oh, my Lord, they were beating the hell out of – well, Tay Conti was beating the hell out of the Bunny. <laughs> so, again, this was a match, dude. Hard, hard hitting. If you guys do not know J.D. Drake, I didn't want to put way too much detail into this part of the description. J.D. Drake is one of the hardest-hitting people I have seen on AEW in a while. Mm. His chops are like taking a hit from a 2 by 4 Make sure you go watch this match because, man, Darby looked like he was going to be crippled into the ground. 
Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy stuff. But of course, the resilient champion made his presence felt with the help of Sting, of course, chasing Nemeth and uh, Danoni from ringside. Um, uh, you know, Daddy Papa, Sting. I was just going to say Papa Sting as well. Papa, we'll have Papa to Sting. Now, right? um, but yeah, no, it's insanity uh, to see him continually put off to opponents that are bigger and stronger than him. Uh, but it's definitely, he's got the little guy uh, story going for him. And I think a lot of people like to see that. Yeah. No, I mean, I like it. And it's, you know, it's, it's always fun to see. I love seeing Darby in action. He's been a really good TNT champion. I mean, that you can't take that away from him. The dude defends a thing at least every other week. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's the TV championship, which it's, it's yeah. called the TNT championship. It should mm-hmm. be defended on mm-hmm. TV. I, I understand that. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan. Personally, a, a big fan of what they're doing with the title. I hope they keep it up, and I hope the person who eventually beats Darby Allen is not predictable and is some random Joe Schmo who comes out of nowhere to beat him. That would be incredible, in my opinion. Yes. Um, but this segment on the stage led to, uh, as it was all being broken up and the referees were screaming, a backstage interview with Chris Jericho. Backstage, the pinnacle unfortunately came out of nowhere attacking Chris Jericho, beating him all the way to the ring. Uh, the heels brutalized him as Alex Marvez revealed backstage that the inner circle had been locked inside of their dressing room as Wardlow teased a powerbomb to Jericho through a table at ringside. Who would appear? But Mr. Mike Tyson, Iron Mike, back on AEW after his rivalry with Chris Jericho, coming out to make the save. Mike Tyson's music would play, and the former world heavyweight boxing champion would come out unloading with jabs to Sean Spears. He hit him so hard. I don't know if they were real hits or not. If they weren't, dear God, they looked good. He was hitting him so hard, but the inner circle did finally hit the ring, standing tall with Iron Mike to close out the segment. This was so good. Mm. They're making the inner circle look like Greek gods. They are absolutely on a tear I'm sure that they are going to win that first match against the Pinnacle, but that will be it. And they're going to fizzle out after that, especially with the help of, uh, I think, Iron Mike on their team. Oh, baby. That is going to be some fun stuff moving forward. It was good to see Mike Tyson, though. He looked great. We knew he looked great, though. We had just recently seen his boxing match, what, two months ago? Um, So he's in great shape, great physical shape. He looks to not be wanting to be done with wrestling or boxing anytime soon. No. So Mike Tyson, loves, it is great to see you back in the ring, bro. Yeah, he loves this stuff. Like he, yeah. he loves doing this kind of stuff. Where he just gets to, you know, have fun basically. I mean, he's just, he's enjoying and, himself. That's good. And you know, he he had his own Broadway show, so he loves theatrics yeah. and he loves yeah. all that. So wrestling's the perfect place of uh, a mix of his two loves of theater and and fighting. Exactly. So it, it works out for him. Um, so yeah, that was a great segment, and it led into two matches later in the night that were really good. Uh, Tay Conti versus the Bunny was the leadoff. I'll take that, Noah, if you would like to take the main event coming up Ooh. later. Uh-huh. The Bunny and Tay Conti. Oh, man. Two of my personal favorites. I'm personally uh, subscribed to the Bunny on Twitch. So we also stream on Twitch. So make sure you check her out on Twitch. Uh, Allie Wrestling on Twitch. And I'm in her Discord. And it's a great, great community. You can join with the all elite wrestlers on her channel when they're playing among us and fall guys and all sorts of different games. So check them out. It's a lot of fun over there. They're trying to compete with the WWE gaming scene. Uh, so take Conti versus the bunny, the bunny and take Conti erupted with a flurry of fists early before things settled down and the former gained control of the match. 
The artist formerly known as Alley Wrestling dominated during the commercial break, grounding Conti and looking for a submission, but failed to put her opponent away. Conti fought back momentarily, but again found herself on the, def- on the defensive. At ringside, the bunny attacked AEW World uh, Women's Champion Akaru Shida, sparking a brawl between the Dark Order and the Hardy family office. The distraction allowed Bunny to rock Conti and, uh, with the champion's kendo stick, but Shida interfered and prevented her from using it again. Conti would seize that opening and deliver a superplex, holding on and transitioning right into the hammerlock DDT for the pinfall victory. For a division that is constantly criticized for women's wrestling, this match had an incredible speed and an incredible pace Noah wouldn't you say yeah no I agree 100% uh these it's been good to see what women have been doing in AEW and we always keep saying give them all of a sudden my man give them more time give them more time let them go uh let them do their thing so uh you know it's always fun it's always fun so yeah I agree 100% the pace of this match was absolutely incredible um Tay Conti has been killing it the bunny has been killing it and I don't know I'm just excited to see where, where things are going here. There's just so many avenues and so many women that could possibly be into a, a championship feud at this point now. So I'm excited. I just want to see them do like a, like fatal five way or a six way match with Anna J, Tay Conti, Ali, Hikaru Shida, uh, and, and whomever else throw, throw Chris Statlander in there and Britt Baker to round it out because you need someone to take the pin. So I might as well have Britt Baker in there to take the pin. Uh, because, you know, Britt Baker doesn't deserve a title shot, right, Noah? All right, on that note, let's hop into the main event. <laughs> I'm shocked you're not wearing your Britt Baker bat, or, uh, shirt today. I, I forgot to put it on. It's all right. I'll wear you it blew week. it. I'll wear it next week. She, well, to be fair, she even fight in this show. So Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, the main event was this trios match here where we saw John Moxley and the Young Bucks versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. The biggest trios match in AEW history saw Tad Team Champions, the Bucks, and Moxley, Battle World Champion Omega, and the Impact Tag title holders, the Good Brothers. Early back and forth gave way to Moxley and Matt and Nick Jackson, diving onto Omega, Carl Anderson, and Doc Gallows to seize control heading into the commercial break. During the picture-in-picture, picture, though, Gallows hammered away at Matt, uh, resting wrestling control of the match away from the baby faces. Matt fought his way out of the clutches of his opposers and made the tag to Moxley. The former world champion erupted like a ball of fire, delivering a German suplex to Anderson, then Omega, and finally Gallows. Anderson wisely hung Moxley up on the top rope, and Gallows wiped him out with a boot to regain the upper hand. Moxley tagged Nick into the match, and the dynamic Jackson exploded into the match, uh, double-stomped Anderson and crumbling Gallows with a backstabber. Anderson delivered the spinebuster to slow his opponent. Moments later, with Matt Jackson and Omega, the legal men, the babyface showed compassion for his friend. The insulted cleaner slapped him, and Jackson responded by hammering away at the world champion. Omega delivered consecutive Snapdragon suplexes, uh, and went and set up for a V-trigger, only for Moxley to, Moxley to deliver a lariat from out of nowhere. A pile driver to Omega followed, but Moxley could not keep him down. Jackson again checked on uh, checked on the well-being of Omega, appearing torn even as he joined Nick for a, a more bang for your buck. Anderson broke up the pin, but Nick uh, wiped him and Gallows uh, out of... 
I'm sorry, with an Escalera. Back inside, the Bucks remain torn over the idea of hurting Omega. They ultimately betrayed Moxley, super kicking him as he set up for a third paradigm shift. That was brutal, that moment, too, because mm. Moxley, Moxley was beating the hell out of Omega. He hit him with two paradigm shifts and was going for a third rather than getting the pinfall. And bam, super kick party. Yes, Bam is right. The Good Brothers wiped out Eddie Kingston on the stage, then added a magic killer to Moxley before dragging a limp Omega over to make the pin. After the match, uh, the, res the still reluctant Bucks rocked Moxley one last time before embracing Omega, Anderson, Gallows, and Don Callis to close out the show. Heel turn, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, massive heel turn just after two weeks ago turning face. Uh, not exactly sure what kind of big show angle this it really is, but they're turning face and heel faster than the big show ever did in his career in WWE, and that's saying something. Um, so, yeah, again, again, though, good match, good storytelling. Predictable end? Yeah, probably. Uh, I think people probably saw that this would go this way. Um not everyone, obviously. There were the people who were shocked to see this ending, but overall, Noah, this was a pretty dang good match. Yeah, no, it was a pretty dang good match. I mean, look at all the star power in this thing. I mean, I mean yeah. sure, you've got six main eventers. Right yeah, there. Kenny and Moxley alone. It was like, ah, oh, great match. But yeah, add in the Bucks, you add in the Good Brothers. Um, it's just, you know, it's a recipe for success. So I mean, right. I loved every second of it. I thought it was great. So an incredible episode of. AEW Dynamite is in the books, and we have a historic baseball or baseball oh, historic wrestling <laughs> night approaching uh, on April 14th. It is the first night that we are going to have AEW alone mm. on television for wrestling. 8 p.m. slot belongs to AEW Dynamite. I am so excited. This match lineup looks great. Uh, we have some incredible matches. Noah, let's get some predictions as we roll through here. Oh, uh, I like we it. Have I like it. Five very good matches already planned. I'm sure there will be some surprises that we don't see uh, yet. But here we go. We've got the Young Bucks, who are the AEW World Tag Team Champions, versus the Death Triangles, Pac and Ray Phoenix, for the World Tag Team Championships. Uh, do the Young Bucks retain here, or do Death Triangles, Pac, and Ray Phoenix take the titles back? There will be a championship change on the 14th. <gasps> You're saying it's this one. Mm-hmm. This is the championship that changes hands, not this one. Nope, absolutely not. All right. All right, so you're saying the Young Bucks lose to Pac and Ray Phoenix. Yep. Noah? I can't believe I'm about to say this, but we agree. I am also taking Pack and Ray Fenix to win these titles. Fantastic. Uh, they, the Young Bucks are now in a position where they do not need these titles for the storyline that they are in. Mm -hmm. They can lose the titles and have a rift within the elite, and it'll be a lingering thing for forever how long. They'll win, someone, either them or Adler, uh, Anderson and Gallows will win the titles back, and then there will be a rivalry there. That is why I think Pac and Ray Phoenix get the dub. We are also going to get to see Anthony Agogo get his very first match in All Elite Wrestling 
Uh, one of, if you're not sure who Anthony is, he is one of QT Marshall's cronies that attacked Cody and the Nightmare family. Uh, he is apparently a very well-known UK wrestler. So we are being told to get hype for this uh, debut. So everyone mm. buckle up, apparently, because it's going to be something special. Um, I mean, we obviously have to take Anthony in this, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, man. And, yeah, I mean, there's obviously no other way to go with that. We also have Dax Hardwood versus Chris Jericho with the special ringside enforcer of the Iron Mike Tyson with every Pinnacle member except for um, Cash Wheeler and every Inner Circle member except for Sammy, Ga- Sammy Guevara ba- barred from ringside. So this is going to be a straight up bout. And I assume Sammy is probably going to get tossed from ringside. Cash is probably going to get tossed from ringside. It's going to be quite the showdown. I'm very excited to see what happens there. Um, Who are you taking? Chris Jericho or Dax? I'm going to take Chris Jericho. I don't want to, but I'm going to take Chris Jericho. I think we have to take Chris Jericho because Mike Tyson's there. I was just going to say, especially with Tyson being there, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, I think that's an easy pick. We also have Darby Allen versus Matt Hardy. For the TNT Championship. Uh, it's a Falls Count Anywhere match, which the last time Matt Hardy had one of those, he died. Uh, so let's make sure that he doesn't die again, please. Uh, make sure Sammy Guevara is nowhere near him and make sure all of the cherry pickers don't have keys in them <laughs> uh, because we do not need to see Matt Hardy die again. Yeah, that was so awful. for that reason, I'm taking Darby Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to take Darby Allen as well. I don't think there's going to be a championship. Two, two in one night, and I've already chosen the Death Triangle to win from the Young Bucks. So definitely going to go with uh, Hardy. I'm sorry, going to go with Darby Allen in that match. And then we've got what a match that personally I am very excited for. We've got Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill. Um, I think this match could be pretty iconic for the women's division. This could be massive because both of these women showed us in the Shaq, uh, in their match with Shaq, that this could be, they could both be the next women's champion of the division. Um, And I personally think Jade Cargill would look damn good with a strap over her shoulder or around her waist. So I am taking Jade Cargill for this W. Hmm. 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 It's a tough one. I'm kidding. Jade Cargill. It's pretty easy. That's Jade Cargill. Oh, wow. I I mean, I think it is a tough one. Nah, she's not going to listen. I, I think they need to keep her on a mean streak is why is the yes. only reason I'm keeping her. But I think Red Velvet's going to put on a hell of a match, and I think she's going to look great. And then hopefully they can split up this rivalry so Red Velvet can start winning again. Mm-hmm. That's on, how man. we feel about it. Hopefully you all have either the same or differing opinions. We would love to hear from you guys in the comments. So make sure if you want to be a part of the conversation, you come check us out on Twitch for the T-Bard 5195 channel, YouTube for the uh, Bard and Cross Entertainment channel and on our CWE Facebook page where you can participate live and in front of our audience and get a chance to appear with us on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone, it has been an incredible episode of the CWE podcast. We do want to remind you all that we are not a market substitute for AEW's Dynamite. Please make sure that you go watch Dynamite live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the TNT Network. And also, if you are a fan of podcasts, visit CloverCrestMedia.com. Oh, I clicked the wrong button. No, I got to put the right thing up. 
There it is. There oh my go. God. We didn't have our picture. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. 26 shows are on the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, start your own. We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website. So make sure you check it out and tell your friends all about it. You can visit Clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG sports podcast, as well as blogs and videos on all of the latest info. Mm -hmm. For the Crossover Wrestling Entertainment Podcast, my name is Tyler Bard. That over there is Noah Cross, the magician. We will see all of you in the next episode. Listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.